Hello, everybody, and welcome to Taking Control, the ADHD podcast on True Story FM. I'm Pete Wright, and I'm here with Nikki Kinzer. Hello, everyone. Hello, Pete Wright. Oh, Nikki, uh, can I just do? Can I just do a thing? We're recording this a bit early. Like when this goes out, it will be. What will the date be? It'll be oh, the 16th, just next week, which is oh my god, halfway through National Novel Writing Month. Now I'm mentioning this because we have some people in our community who are uh, writing along with us. And I am writing along and I'm on pace, but I did a thing like I wasn't happy. And then I watched a TV show, which I didn't realize was actually the book I was writing. And I was so flummoxed oh, no. that last night's right, I blew it up. It's I effectively, it was Hannibal's March to the Sea. I lit everything on fire and now it's a new book with, I don't even know if it's gonna be salvageable, but I'm writing every day and that's just what I wanna celebrate. Every day, I'm on pace, things are fine, even if they're on fire. Okay, so I'm really, I just need to understand, I need to make sure I understood you correctly. Okay. You have started to write a book in the last week, and yes. you just found out yesterday that the book that you were going to write is about a TV show that already exists. So you're yeah, not going to write that book anymore. Got to change something. You have to change something. So I blew well, it up. Can you just change it a little bit and make it a little different? Or like, are you know. just going to do like a brand new idea? Burn it down. Start again, Nikki Kinzer. Wow. I'm very it's excited the ADHD it. way. That's <laughs> our guest is chiming in. Yes. Yes. So, why go small it, when you can go really, big? True. Yeah. This goes back okay. to the Modern Family episode from a long time ago where they were having so much trouble. Getting, and they always, Phil always goes to extremes, right? And at the end of the episode, the punchline is, kids, we're going to Italy. That has become the uh, the catchphrase around our house. When And so when I climbed in bed last night, my wife said, um, so how'd it go? I said, Kira, I'm going to Italy. She's like, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> but I'm still oh, on pace, so I'm pretty excited about that. So to everybody who is writing along in National Novel Writing Month, uh, congratulations for just showing up and doing it. And uh, right. it's that's that's the thing to celebrate. Very, very excited to be doing this right along with you all. So that's the news. Halfway through, you can do this. Mm -hmm. Now, we're, we have a great show, I think, planned. Would you like to just dig right in? Do you have any sure. news? Should I just stop talking about my burning it down plans? Yeah, let's go. Right. Go for it. All right, let's do it. Head over to TakeControlADHD.com to get to know us a little bit better. That's the drill. You know the drill. You can listen right there on the website. Or you can subscribe to the mailing list and we will send you an email with the latest episode each week. You can connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, or Pinterest at Take Control ADHD. But to really connect with us, join us in the ADHD Discord community. And I just said it. That's the big perk. We have a big NaNoWriMo group uh, hanging out with us and, and navigating their ADHD while writing a massive uh, writing project. And it's pretty, pretty fun to have that going on at the same time. So that's really what we're all about is figuring out not just how to learn more about your ADHD, but how to learn more about your relationship with the world with ADHD. And sometimes that means doing other stuff with ADHD, with people who get it right alongside you. That's what the community is all about. If you're really interested in investing in yourself and the community, head over to Patreon. That's patreon.com slash the ADHD podcast. For just a few bucks a month, you'll support the ongoing development of this show and all the stuff we do. Uh, you'll support the uh, Discord community, the group that we're building over there. And uh, you'll get access to all kinds of secret stuff. We got, there's 
like secret doors around every corner and Patreon will help you unlock them and see them and have some fun with them. So we invite you to do that. Patreon.com slash the ADHD podcast. Thank you so much for our current subscribers and for newbies who are just thinking about it. Water's warm. Come on in. Dr. Tamara Rosier has been a college administrator, a professor, a leadership consultant, a high school teacher, a business owner, and an ADHD coach. Today, she joins us to talk about motivation and ADHD and how her adventures have led her to found the ADHD Center of West Michigan and write her book, Your Brain's Not Broken. Tamara, welcome to the ADHD podcast. I love being here with the two of you. You guys are great. So thanks for having me today. Thank we you. had this whole plan. And then this morning I got a message from Nikki and she says, I'm burning it down. We're changing the plan. Yep. Would you like to okay. set us up, Miss Kinzer? <laughs> well, yes, because. <laughs> what do you have to say for yourself, Nikki? <laughs> Why did I change course at such a last minute? I know. Well, because uh, Tamara, you wrote this wonderful book called Your Brain's Broken. And no, it's not. It's not You're broken. Not- <laughs> A real camera is a real advocate for hard talk. <gasps> oh my god, I cannot believe I just said that. <laughs> and I'm yeah. so glad that you caught it right away. <laughs> sorry, that one was hard to miss. That's not the message at all. That's the anti message. That is not oh. what we're talking about. <laughs> Guys, I got to go with that. Yeah, okay. All right. I'm okay. You're okay. We're all okay. So. Oh, my God. My that's so funny. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Oh, Your brain okay. is not broken. <laughs> it is yeah, not. Sure <laughs> yes. You do not need to be fixed. That's right. Okay. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. All right. So getting back to what we were going to talk about and why I switched gears Amazing, (laughs) because so much of what you write in this book, it it is a lot about motivation. It is a lot about um, emotion that is uh, coming up with ADHD and, you know, really helping people accept that, yeah, some of the stuff that feels like it would be easy is not. And that's where I really wanted to kind of follow because our series right now is around planning. And I have a lot to say about planning, uh, right? I have a membership about it. I know a lot about it. But there's another piece to planning that is doing what you plan (laughs) and actually getting some things done, especially when you don't feel like doing it. And so that's where I really wanted to kind of take a detour is let's talk about motivation and ADHD and how that affects, uh, how it affects what we do on a daily basis and how we feel about ourselves. Thank you. And again, no one's brain is broken here. Right? No one's brain I'm, is I'm broken. Sorry. I'm, just giving, I'm just giving you crud now. I'm no, sorry. I couldn't help it. I think the answer, Tamara, is no one's brain is broken yet. Yet. <laughs> Maybe mine oh, is. Oh, just, a, just a quick side note. One time, I, I really can't multitask at all, where some people can a little bit. Um, and I was signing books. And I was signing it. Your brain's not broken, Tamara. Well, one of my former students came up to me and said, can I sign your book? And I'm so excited to see him. I'm talking. And I signed, your brain's broken! Exclamation point. (laughs) And then all of a sudden I realized what I did. And I had to call him back and go, dude, dude, just hand me your book quick. And I put a little carrot and put not. Not. (laughs) So 
there's a collector's edition of Tamara telling someone their brain is broken. And then yes. so I just want you to know, Nikki, I've, pa- I've done this power, thing. Thanks. Thank power you. Power motivational hitter, that Tamara <laughs> Rosier. Power motivational hitter. Um, I actually hitter. did, though, in all seriousness, um, the title Your Brain's Not Broken is so important to me because um, I wrote this whole book because I work with very smart, talented people who are just walking around aching because they can't figure out how to do things. And that's why um, it's titled that. And so the book is kind of like a, it's a love letter to all those clients I'll never meet going, you're okay. And I know it feels hard for you, but you're still okay. And yeah, the easy things are really hard for you. And, and look at you. Um, something I often say, and I know you guys are, um, you have a very smart audience, but something I always say is like the easy things are very difficult for you and vice versa. Um, there is no evidence, um, that a person with ADHD should succeed. Yet yeah, look around you. We're everywhere. <laughs> and we're succeeding. Yeah. We need and to I'm say that one more time because I'm laughing to hide the tears. There I is no, I I there is I no I'll evidence. Get, I'll get lighter. I promise that we, we won't be as depressing, but I want, I want people to really understand how hard this is. So there is really no research explaining our success in the modern world. Yeah, we're divergent thinkers and we're really good divergent thinkers. But that can just leave leave us lost in a maze if we don't yeah. learn how to manage it. Well, and this is this gets to what I think is a, is a real challenge. And I think for one of the things I think we see in the community is that part of the the reason that ADHD planning and motivating is so frustrating is that when you say the easy things are hard and the hard things are easy, they're different hard and easy things for everybody. Like I happen to be great at planning and crappy at executing on uh, on time and on schedule, but other people don't have plans at all and get a lot of stuff done. Um, you know, in, but frustrate everyone around them because you know they're seat of their pantsing. And that that's why I, I just I start with that because I want you to know I go to um, a conference in Florida. It's not just because it's in Florida in January, but that does have a lot to do with the decision. Um, but it's, it's called AppSart, and it's mainly for MDs to talk about ADHD and the hard science they present. Like, I'm like, oh, what's a Cohen? Oh, right, Cohen. And I have to, like, reacquaint myself to heavy stats. And I sit there, and I listen to these people talk about me in the most depressing ways. And there's times I have to leave and go, okay, okay, but I did write a book, right? Like, okay, somehow <laughs> I did something, right? And I'm telling you that because it's disorienting um, the re- when you read the research. But it's also sobering for us because I would love for us to start to look at ourselves as, in spite of it all, we're heroes. I mean, we're heroes who do dumb things, but we're heroes. And so we're kind of like, this is a dated reference, but we're evil Knievel, right? Yeah. Um, for those of you guys who are really young, evil Knievel was a crazy person who would jump canyons. Yeah. And and do it. And that's the kind of hero we are. So I just I just want to kind of remind remember before we get into the motivation 
that there's no reason for us to succeed. And yet we are, I mean, like everyone should be kind of patting themselves on the back. Mm -hmm. Like, wow, I'm not the hot mess. I thought I was two, two seconds ago. But don't worry, that'll come back to you. You'll just have to <laughs> in, chase in it two away more again. seconds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You'll have to chase it away again. Um, and I, I'm sorry, I'm making a joke about it, but a lot of us carry the weight of always feeling like a failure. A day late, a dollar short. And so I want to be careful. That's why I'm setting up motivation easily, because I or carefully, because motivation's not an easy concept. And if I go, just do it this way you're going to have your listeners taking off their shoes and throwing them across the room. And so I want to be careful that you guys are already doing things. And so the first step for motivation is what are you already doing? Well, what do you you seem to do? Like I find potato chips really well. Like it's a spiritual gift really. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's, but it's asking that question and bringing it out, right? Bringing it out to the open, because I think so many people hide it, or they don't see it. It's not even them hiding it. They just don't see where they're succeeding and where they're doing well. So I'm going to tell a story about um, a friend of mine, Brendan. One time he called, he, he said something. I'm like, Oh, I have to go here. We're at the ADC conference. I have to go here. And he's like, Oh, you're such an overachiever. And of course, we're ADHD yelling this across. I'm going down the escalator. He's on the top. And I was actually really angry. And I've told him about this. This is why I feel like I can share it publicly. I was angry. Like, how dare you call me an overachiever? Why? Why did that affect you? I, I felt like I don't do, follow me around. I'm an underachiever. I can't, you know, it's a miracle I put pants on today. <laughs> Tamara looks down and checks pants. Yeah. Just make sure I have them. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Check for pants. Um, at least Roger we're just pants. here up. So we're good. Right. We're good. We're good. Um, but, but I got it. It's interesting how visceral I had. And that, that tells you the weight I still carry, even though I work hard on my ADHD, the weight I carry. So as we're talking about this, we want to kind of separate how we feel about ourselves and how we motivate ourselves. And this is actually an important point because I I had this 20 year old who's just such a delightful little egghead. He, he said, well, I'm trying to figure out how to motivate myself. Like, oh, that's great. Let's talk about it. He's like, well, I've tried to bribe myself. That doesn't work. I see through it every time. I'm like, yeah, you do. You can't lie to yourself. And he's like, I tried to punish myself. And he's like, well, that doesn't seem right to me. I'm like, well, no, that's because you're hurting yourself. He's like, I tried shaming myself, which is another form of punishment. And that doesn't work because I just feel worse. And so I'm like, well, then how are you going to do it? And he, he looked at me, he goes, I have no clue. And, and that's where most of my clients are. They're like, I've tried the bad things and I have no clue. <laughs> that's, yeah, right. Yeah. And and that that shaming, I think, is just a, a a cycle that just keeps getting refreshed every single time this comes up. So, so what what do we do? What's next? What do we <laughs> so do? do, we do? How, how how do okay. we deal with this? <laughs> yeah. 
so so there's a couple things i'm not going to leave you guys hanging with hey look there's no research saying we should succeed and right <laughs> right but i want you, i want people to really understand this is really hard and we're tempted to do motivate ourselves in all the wrong ways mm-hmm. and by the way i have a phd because between self-loathing and being angry with a professor that's how i finished my program okay I wouldn't recommend it. I developed eye twitches. I had, you know, PTSD from the whole thing. Like, I wouldn't recommend that way of motivation at all. I I just say that I've used it so that you understand. So you mentioned taking emotion out of motivation. Let's start. Well, we what can't. Is, yeah, yeah, I was just going to say, that can't. seems like the hardest thing in the world. Nope, right. We can't. So we have to just name it. So the first step is we're just going to name it. I don't feel like unloading the dishwasher right now. I don't feel like it. And it seems like it's going to take forever. And you just kind of name, or I don't want to open this email because I'm pretty sure I'm going to get yelled at in this email. And just name the, and that's not naming the emotion, but it's naming like how you're feeling about this. Well, right? I, saying I, it out I think loud. that gets to, that gets to like the, the misnomer of removing emotion from the conversation that really that's not. That's not the objective. The objective is to be able to talk about the experience and the emotion of the experience as two separate conversations, or at least recognizing that they're two bits in the same conversation, not ignoring one and just swallowing it for the sake of the other. Yeah, that's exactly it. Thank you. That's exactly what I'm, I was trying to say. So thank you. I appreciate that. That's... <laughs> just, I'm just a mirror for your greatness, Tara. <laughs> so, so what we want to do is it's kind of it this is harder to motivate yourself this way oh by the way in a previous life because i you read my bio and i'm like yeah i have an adhd bio don't i um in a previous life i was a professor and i taught a whole grad course on motivation oh wow so i'm not going to go into that whole grad course don't don't worry but i'm going to tell you the punchline and the punchline is humans motivate themselves best when they can think in a self-actualized way. This means you're not hungry. You're not feeling a strong emotion. You're not too tired. So don't try to motivate yourself if you're hungry, angry, or tired. Just don't. Feed yourself, go to sleep, and just understand, I'm lacking motivation because I can't. I don't have anything to muster from. Motivation takes energy and we have to, we have to respect it takes energy, takes energy for all humans. And remember, um, we're different from dogs and dogs are motivated. (laughs) (laughs) Children aren't, but adults, when we can get to the point where we can label it, you know, that's still true. Like I have some Pavlovian tendencies. I understand that. But um, we do, if we kind of honor that in ourselves, like, okay, this is hard. So the next step is I'm accepting the dissonance I feel. And what that means is I don't want to do this. I accept it. The other part of it is I'm willing to do hard things. I got to, I got to, I got to talk about my buddy, Abe Maslow, um, because, you know, you talk about like an actualized way. I got, you, you got to bring up Maslow because this is where, I often run into the friction that exists between ADHD 
and the hierarchy of needs, right? Hierarchy of needs, the pyramids, like the food pyramid for our emotional well-being, right? Psychological needs at the bottom, safety and security, love and belonging, self-esteem, self-actualization. And then there's a, there's a, another one that he added later that's about transcendence, and, and that's all yeah. fine. But the thing about uh, Maslow and the ADHD brain is that I think it breaks down all kinds of different ways because ADHD allows us to forget the important things at the bottom, uh, the most critical areas of the the hierarchy, right? We forget sometimes to eat and pay the rent and right and and drink enough water to stay hydrated. We forget to take our meds and keep our bills paid that that keep the lights on and the doors locked. Like we forget the things that allow us to reach self-actualization. And as I'm listening to you talk, the only thing I can think about is no wonder there's no data to actually support why ADHD brains should be successful because all of the data that has been uh, assessing neurologically, you know, uh, standardized brains doesn't even account for what the neurodiverse brain can even accomplish because of all the limitations accordingly. You know, when I was writing Your Brain's Not Broken, I got deep into the research. ADHD brains don't predict the future well outside of the pyramid we literally don't do that and that is so disabling in the modern world because the modern world's kind of set up on patterns like see this pattern behave see this pattern behave and we're each time we're like oh that happened mm -hmm. okay and oh, I, i've right. watched yeah. neurotypicals pick up on patterns like dumb patterns easier and so um it's really it's fascinating that it, it, and I, I know I'm hitting that. Hey, we're we're at a great deficiency here. I'm, I'm not trying to depress people. I just want people to know, like, this is hard, guys. Yeah. And mm -hmm. don't let's not joke around that you're gonna make it easy all of a sudden. So stop being mean to yourself about this. This is hard. Well, and I think when you're talking about identifying what's going on, I, I relate to that, especially with anxiety. Even this morning, I was feeling anxious and I was like, I had to identify like, what, why am I feeling anxious? What is it? Why am I getting this, you know, feeling in my stomach and had to kind of talk it through a little bit, did a little meditation to kind of help me release whatever that anxiety was. And I, I think there is a lot of power in identifying how you feel and saying it out loud and uh and sometimes just being okay with you know what not doing the dishes tonight <laughs> right well, okay and back to pete's point though is kind of checking in with yourself going and, and it's a you know how you guys have going to italy as your joke yes, we have right. maslow's hierarchy as a joke my husband <laughs> will start talking to me i'm like I'm too low on the Maslow's hierarchy. Yeah, I'm, I'm very level oneing right now. Right? Yeah. yeah. I, I'm yeah. just working through water, sleep, yeah. eating. And I don't know yeah. which one to do because I'm so thirsty, so tired, and so hungry. And so you don't want to talk to me right now about this. And it's, it's not even a bad thing. It's just like I, I can't even think straight. But if we're understanding like this is real for our emotions. This is real. Um, And you guys have family members. You know what happens when they get hangry. Well, the ADHD brain, when they get hangry, they just shut down. So, um, 
so Pete, to your point, I think that's a great point you made. That's um, we've got to keep looking at at Abe's little triangle. Yeah, but well, partially because I feel like you know we we've talked about the you know halt right, I, I, hungry, angry, like you're talking about lonely and tired, and and the thing that I like I love it because it works so well to describe a, a sense of immediacy to how we're feeling right now, right? A checklist to just solve this problem. But the pro the the thing that I struggle with is when you simplify our neurological experience to halt, you're missing a lot of the things that allow us to move forward in life. If all you're focusing on is the immediate sort of somatic experience, we're missing the love and belonging, self-esteem and self-actualization. And I think that's why like Halt addresses the first two levels of Maslow. But what actually is the lingering sort of gift of Maslow, as controversial as you might find it, is that Maslow describes what it means to move your life forward to the degree that you want to do that and to the degree that you feel whole. And I think as ADHD, we don't spend a lot of time because we're so used to living in right now. What am I feeling? What am I doing right now? And and I think that's a challenge, especially when we talk about motivation. I love that you bring this up because you're making me feel really good about my book and the next book. (laughs) So I just turned in the manuscript for the next book. So the first book kind of addresses like, hey, name the lower level. But it does have the emotional health ladder in it. And it says, where are you on this ladder? Um, And it's trying to get people out of Maslow's hierarchy, Um, not uh, out of the lower levels. Out of the lower levels, sure. Yeah. And so then in this new book, what I'm trying to do is go, hey, let's really do some ego development here. Okay. And let's take that ego development and now look at it in our family relationships. And so how do we grow as humans and then affect our family as we're becoming better humans? So uh, um, yeah. I, I actually, I, I, you just made me feel really darn good. So thank good. you. Well, I hey, that. once again, uh, <laughs> president of the fan club, yeah. I, uh, I, I want to, you, you drop ego and we got to sort of trigger on that because um, I, I feel like so much of, the our inability to motivate and move forward is because at some level we are egoically deficient. Talk about that uh, a little bit. Well, you said that out loud. I don't usually say that out loud. Um, so the truth is, those of us with ADHD, we look very egocentric. And it's because we're just trying to survive. Yeah. And we're at the lower level of Maslow's hierarchy. And we're just trying to survive. And if someone comes in, we're like, what? What do you want? You're like, wow gosh, you're rude. We're like, no, I'm not rude. I'm just trying to do this. Right. I live in a sphere of rejection and doubt and fear. Like this is all I've got. Yeah. And we're trying to hold this thought because we know (laughs) if we don't grip this thing, it's going to float away and we'll never see it again. Right. And so we, we look like we're very egocentric and actually we are. And we have to, um, I work with a lot of clients, and I'm sure you guys do too, who all they're thinking about is their experience. And when I say, well, how do you think your wife experiences that? And they kind of look at me like, well, she should feel sorry for me. Yes. But what else? How do you think she's feeling? And that's actually very difficult. And so 
ADHD folks, if they're not working on their ego development, they're going to keep trying to shame themselves and do the lower level ways of motivating themselves. And getting stuck. But then it's interesting you put it that way because I, I mean, I, uh, the way I'll just reflect on what I heard, what I heard was an experience of, of, you know, people with ADHD who are veering toward like aggressive narcissist, right? (laughs) Like just like blind to other people. And that is, that's just not been my experience. I can totally see how the appearance of egocentrism around getting my needs met because I live in this bubble are important, but, but I, I just have never, I, I just, feel like I've heard, I've seen more ADHD people who are heart forward and okay, but motivationally see, look, deficient. Yes. We, we look egocentric though, mm-hmm. when we're thinking about how hard we have to work, we're not narcissistic. We're not trying to use others to feed our ego. That's narcissism. We're kind of encompassed in our own experience. And and the irony is most of us are incredibly sensitive. We go heart forward and we think we're burying the soul, our soul. In reality, people are like, uh, that came up a little egocentric. Do you get how we're misconstrued by the world? I do. I, I, it was the, the line that provoked me was she should feel sorry for me. And that's the, that's the piece I feel like I haven't experienced so much. I, 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 I do frequently as a coach. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, it, but my clients are, aren't narcissists. Um, I don't work with narcissism. These are good people showing up and they're like, if she just understood how hard I work just to get through the day. Yeah. By the way, um, those of, you know, Pete, how you talk to the writers who are kind of working through writing, mm-hmm. writing makes you face your ego. Oh, like God, the people who are are truly like digging in and writing and doing the hard work and you know their sweat drops on their paper, they're facing themselves. And now I'm kind of going Carl Jung in my theory, but but still, you get the idea. Like <clears throat> it's humbling to write, and it's scary to write, and you have to look in the mirror and go, "Oh, gulp! I don't, I don't know." And, and, and that's actually a great exercise. So it, it writing is a great thing when you have ADHD and horrendous at the same time. It's, it's a curse and a blessing. So what we've done just to kind of, for your audience is yeah. we've named it. We kind of named the, you know, I've had a lowest level of Maslow's hierarchy. I'm hungry and angry. Um, I don't put lonely in there um, for a different reason, but because I'm just talking about the, lowest level um, and tired of the physiological level. I won't go into all the reasons why I don't put lonely in here. Lonely goes show some place up else. But then we have to kind of acknowledge the dissonance. I don't want to do this. And then step into, but I'm willing to do hard things. And you're changing, uh, Nikki, you said your mindset. You right? growth mi- yeah, it's yeah. the growth mindset, right? Like yeah, I can it's do Carol hard Dweck things. stuff. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so you're like, but I'm willing to do it. And that right there is a key. And so then, then all of a sudden our brains become method actors going, but why? What's my motivation for doing it? And this is where um, I'm going to tell you two tricks I have. 
and they're not going to work for everyone. Okay, so the first one is um, tying it to a value. Like, I don't want to do this, but I want to be the kind of person who would do this. Um, I was working with someone who constantly, Nikki, you brought up the, the kitchen area. Her house was a mess. I'm like, why is this bugging you so much? A lot of people have messy houses. She's like, I want to be a person who's cleanly. It has cleanliness. She valued cleanliness. I'm like, then how do we match up your actions with your value? Because that's really what motivation is, is when our actions and values don't match. By the way, I have no motivation to return an email fast. Because like yesterday, and I apologize to you guys, you asked me like, hey, please confirm. <laughs> and I missed it because I was with clients all day and I just was scanning and I missed the scan. And so whereas my husband, he meticulously goes through. He has a high conscientiousness that's a value around email. It's not my value. And I'm not saying that's the right thing. It's just not a high value. It's just a thing. Me. Yeah. Right. Right. It's a judgment-free thing. Yeah. I mean, do you, well, except for you guys, you're like, well, it'd be just really nice if you had responded. But <laughs> but that side, I guess. So, yeah. <laughs> connecting with, what do we, why is this bothering me? What is the true value here? And when people say, well, I should, it's like, but why? What's the value that you're trying to live up to? And is it, is it a value you can live up to? That's so interesting to me because I was thinking when you were talking about that, I've always said, I wish I liked to cook because if I liked to cook, it wouldn't feel like such a burden, right? At the end of the day, but there is something there that is of a value. Like, I really do think it would be great if I liked to cook, like for a lot of different reasons, right? So it's just what resonates is like, there is something in there. There's something there for me to investigate of you know, where, where do I go from? I, I would like to, to maybe actually, you know, getting closer to liking. actually liking it. Yeah. yeah. I, well, okay. So, you know, as a coach, I would want to be curious about this and I would go, it sounds like there's a belief hidden in there. So I should like to cook. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, oh gosh. Jimmy, you're good. <laughs> you're, now you're about oh, okay. I'm so right. relieved that happened to you and not me. I was just thinking, how Ooh. can I hide from Tamara? How can I hide from Tamara? <laughs> I know. I didn't hide. I didn't hide. And I now I'm way out in the open. Chin forward. I know exactly what the belief is now that you brought it up. Is it I believe that I should be able to, you know, love doing this for my family. I want my kids to think that I cooked for them. And instead, they're going to remember that we had a lot of takeout and a lot of DoorDash. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's you, you hit that one right on the head. Okay, but then you tied that belief to a value and judged it. Bingo. Sorry, Nikki. I but but you yep. get what's happening. So that's that's why we can't go. Here's five easy tips to motivate yourself. Right. Because you guys are highly intelligent people. And your, your minds are complicated and we make up stuff and so we just have to explore it. So the first one is understand your value. And then the second one, Nikki, thanks to you, <laughs> uh, we know that we have to ask, is there a belief in here that somehow I should be 
that I should be this kind of person. Yes. And, and most likely there, there is. Yeah. But, but in that case, like to what detriment, like say your kids think you have memories of your family growing up eating a lot of DoorDash, like, okay, you know what? You do a lot of awesome stuff with your kids, right? Your family is, is, you know, highs and lows, an enormously sort of emotionally warm place to be. DoorDash or not. Okay, but what did Nikki do? She dismissed that knowledge. Yeah. In exchange Effortlessly. For... Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for yeah. sure. And I know this isn't a Nikki coaching session. No. We're not analyzing <laughs> Nikki. But I appreciate your vulnerability because this is exactly what people do. Mm-hmm. And right. so something mm-hmm. I help clients with is, is this even who you want to be? Do you want to be that person? And if so, like, convince me why. Like, why is this a good thing? Are you really asking me that question? Because no, you're looking at me like, here. okay. <laughs> sorry, sorry, that was a, that's a coaching leftover. Um, that's why I jumped in like, no, no, you don't have to answer. Um, but what happens is we start to really examine, well, I just made cooking a character trait rather than a hobby. Gosh, I sure did. Ooh, wow, that turned fast. That did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, snap. Yeah, because you know what happens next is you think, oh, they're going to think this. I must be a terrible mom. I'm a bad mom. This is all about Nikki the bad mom. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. That was so fast. Wow, you're good. You're really good. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so... But do you, do you guys hear how this is related to motivation? Oh, well, of course, because if I keep feeling that way, I'm going to keep avoiding cooking. I'm going to keep avoiding it because it makes me feel bad. Because every time you do it, all you're thinking about is the judgment because you don't do it enough. Are we kind of or because you don't love it? Probably both. I mean, I think because I have like there's a piece to, you know, wanting to do it for my family. But there's also this this value piece of I see myself like when you talk about like yourself, like who do you want to be? And I think, oh, wouldn't it be lovely to turn on some music and have I do not drink wine, but like, you know, a cocktail. (laughs) And you drink, you go straight to the hard stuff. We get it. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, like cutting up like those carrots, like a chef, you know, like and just having it be this like beautiful, like, you know, experience of like some kind of meditation, you know. So there's this part of me that just thinks this would be a really just nice thing to do that isn't involving uh, social media, social media, work, TV, all of those things that I feel like suck my energy, not work, work doesn't suck my energy, but social media and games like, you know, and, and TV, like I'm talking about what, when I leave work, what do I do during that time before I go to bed? And I think that, you know, it feels like that cooking experience would be just a really lovely thing to do after work. You made up a whole story. I did. Out of some eat, pray, love kind of movie. That's true. There were like villagers and subplots. Yeah. Right. You are not even your, playing yourself. You're I like, don't drink wine and I still see the wine glass. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> and you're wondering why we can't motivate you to cook. Do you see? Like, we're not even talking about you. We're, we're really not. Fancy, Nikki. 
(laughs) It's so true. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So at this point, I would ask my client, what do we want to do with cooking? Is it, is it worth it for you? Or maybe is, is it worth all the energy it's going to take for cooking? I, I don't know the answer. I'm just, and you don't have to answer because again, this is not coaching and I'm sorry. Well, I'll tell you what I'm doing right now, where this is all at right now is my husband's doing all the cooking. Um, because I have other things I'm working on that are taking some time. And so by the end of the day, I really honestly don't have the energy to do much. And so I've kind of delegated it off to him. <laughs> okay. So Nikki, I'm sorry. You, you volunteered this. So now I can't help. This, I know. Okay? I know. I, I, it, this train's out of control now. It is. So I'm just going to say this. <laughs> what are you telling yourself? about him cooking because I heard yeah so I'm not really doing a great job because I delegated it to another adult who is fully capable but somehow I'm still failing sorry is that too much (laughs) no it's so true (laughs) you never want me back okay no this is great yeah no but it is so true you're right like I don't look at it as being this positive thing that I did I look at it as like this desperate thing that I did because otherwise I just know I yeah I know what would happen and yeah yeah so I mean I have to flip the script I'll get off I'll get off your case (laughs) one last little comment she missed the fact she wanted so badly to be motivated in this area. She missed the fact she has this incredible partner who's willing to do these things, who I'm assuming is not throwing spaghetti across, you know, yelling about it, but is acting like an adult partner. She missed the blessing in this. Oh, and so she's trying oh, to motivate herself yeah. in the wrong way. And okay, Nikki, we can stop talking about you. And I'm so no, sorry. But... Oh, no, no, no. Don't be sorry. This was great. This was I mean, it's it's very insightful. I mean, it makes me think because you're right. I, I didn't I totally dismissed that part of it. Right. Like <laughs> you have the image in your head is your husband is a gorilla. And <laughs> I love that low key. <laughs> but that's absolutely not true. No, no, it is. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is good. Wow. Well, I hope that this helps people look at their own thing too, right? Like this was not expected. This was not planned. (laughs) Here's the thing. I'm afraid your listeners are still going, cool story about Nikki. How do I motivate to do the thing I actually have to do? Have to do. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. And that's right. And so, um, I, and I don't want to leave your listeners frustrated. So at least I want to kind of Try to well, yeah, let's pivot back yeah, there because absolutely. really what I just got out of that experience with Nikki is that she'll be better off not just freeing herself from the judgment part, like understanding where cooking fits in her life and then move on to other things that really do fit who she is. And that like I I'll just, you know, I'll just pivot. So one of the old favorites in my life with therapy is just, you know, my relationship with health and fitness and that I I have a duty to this machine that is my body to be a healthy and fit person. And I damage that all the time. Again, I, what I'm hearing is the holy cow, the character trait judgment, right, is alive and well in inside of me. But I feel like that's a, an example of of needing the rewiring part to to motivate to do this thing that I am constantly, consistently judging myself against. Mm-hmm. 
So in, in, okay. So now Pete, we're going to work with you if you, if you're open. Um, so first we're going to name the emotion around it. What's the emotion? Um, do I have to pick one? Uh, no, it's a lot. It's like a yeah. goat rodeo. Of it's emotions. complicated. Yeah. Yeah. It's just complicated and, uh, fear and anxiety and, um, you know, depression, laziness, like shame. Yeah. I live with somebody who's very fit. My kids are both very fit and active and I'm the one who, you know, yeah, I know. Come on. I watch the Olympics. Yeah. I don't need to run in them. Right. So, I don't even watch them. I, I, the whole too much. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have a sportsy kid too, who does everything sports, very fit. Yeah. Um, huh. Disgusting. And I'm like, whoa, who gave birth to yeah. that? Right. Um, so, so if I asked you, um, are you okay? Like, there's some dissonance. Are you willing to kind of cross that threshold to go, this is going to be uncomfortable, but I'm willing to think about it? Yeah, totally. It's always uncomfortable, yeah. but I'm always thinking about it. Yeah. So why would why would you exercise? I know that sounds very basic, but... For real. No, no, no. I I think this, uh, I, I think it's really important because I do have the ideal in my mind that I live a long and healthy life and I have health stuff in my family. So I, there is a looming shadow of, you know, the stuff that I think long and healthy life can fix. Okay. I've had the same kind of thing <laughs> happen to me. It's like, oh, this this health is not given to me. I have to earn it. And I'm at the age where it's almost like a part-time job for me. Um, I, it takes a lot to manage all of this, right? Um, I'll be 56 in January. And like, dang. Yeah. It, Once you it hit takes five zero, is that, that, that curve goes yeah. straight yeah. up. For sure. So <laughs> I'm, going to, I'm going to tell everyone why I brush my teeth every day. Oh, good. Yes. I don't want dentures. Not because I want, it's good hygiene. And, and you could go, well, this is fear. No, I am avoiding pain, though. I know it will be uncomfortable, and I have a very nice toothbrush. It's a sonic toothbrush. I had to get used to the vibration, didn't like it. But it leaves my teeth very, very clean. And I can rest knowing I've done everything to avoid getting teeth pulled. Because you hear people in their 50s still getting their teeth pulled in this day and age. And I'm like, I don't want that. I don't want periodontal disease. And so because of that, I do these things. In this way, you're trying to avoid the pain, right? And go to something. So the value is I want a long life. I mean, for me, brushing the teeth is the value is I want to keep my teeth. Uh, yeah, I want long, long I'm very selfish teeth. like that. Right. Like, right. Yeah, <laughs> I want my teeth. Um, I used to be very sloppy about brushing until I realized these could fall out on, on you. Um, <laughs> that's, so when I, now with exercise, it's very tricky because there's a lot of negative messages. Plus exercise for some people is actually unpleasant. I'm one of those people. Are you, what, what's the unpleasantness that you feel? Uh, I don't love the, the time that it takes, I always feel like there's something better I should be doing or that I'm missing or what will I miss while I'm doing it. And, um, and I, I don't, I, you know, to your earlier point, you said something that really resonated. We were talking about writing and it was that the old saw, I don't love the act of, of doing it, but I love having done it right. Like there is a good feeling at the end of it, but I'm not one of those people who 
Mike is able to sort of motivate using that. It's not enough, right? Like on a day-to-day, it's way too easy to make those other choices because it's unpleasant. Okay, so I heard time. And so let's just, sometimes we have to solve a motivational issue by solving what, what the issue, the trouble is. And this time it's not really belief. You're like, no, literally it takes time. So there's such a thing called high intensity training. Yes. Yep. Yeah. I, th- I sure. thought you would know about that. Hit, um, kind right? of having hit. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hit. So, you know, in hit, you can exercise 10 minutes. And the research on this, <laughs> I follow this research because I hate exercise. Um, uh, that, the research on that is so incredible. And, and so now, now we can go, okay, am I willing to do this for 10 minutes? Is that a different conversation in your head? You know, it, it might be <laughs> so far. It, so far it hasn't been, let's say that like um, it's, it, it is still, it's that challenge of consistency. I can feel really good about it myself for, you know, a week and, and then something will hijack it. Yep. Which it all were consistently inconsistent. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. For so sure. in that, I kind of hear the fear of what if I do ramp myself up motivationally to finally do this and I fail. Yes. And I have failed so many times. It hits right here because uh, I, you know, it, the, the other piece is I walk my dog every morning at 615 in the dark. We're out doing our walk. And that's something that I do every day. Uh, and by the time I get back home, I don't want to do anymore. I feel like I've checked that off my list. I don't want to do a high intensity anything. The walk is fine, but I don't feel like I'm I don't feel like I'm getting any healthier. Like I'm not walking that hard. Okay, but but you know, walking is really good for us. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Right? I've heard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so so you're kind of doing uh well, I can't count that as exercise. That's what I do. Yeah. That's that's my brand. Yeah, jokes on you it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're moving. Jokes yeah. on so, me. Oh god, putting that on a shirt, just an arrow yeah. pointing up at this guy. Yeah. <laughs> but do you you get what I'm saying? So yes. So when we start to deconstruct this motivational pattern, there's a fear of failure there. And there's there's a well, and by the way, I have this too, like I'm sure I could be doing something better. Um my my healthiest times are in the summer when I'm working in the yard, I'm building things, I'm swimming, I'm doing all these like active things where I don't know that I'm exercising. Yes. And then then it's time to hibernate. And then you have to think about, oh, I don't want to do that inside. Yeah. yeah. Right. And so um I it's funny. Um I I do isometric things because again, isometric, old exercise. Research is solid with it. And guess what? I can do isometric holds while watching TV. True. And that's what I do. Distraction. Uh, yeah. Um, and so I'll, and, and it's kind of funny because I don't want to do it, but I'm like, my brain's like, well, come on, you can rewatch this. I don't know what that means. What, what does that mean? Isometric is when you hold uh, your muscles in a constricted way so like a plank yes okay i think that's isometric um sitting against the wall 
holding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, if you kind of hold a weight, uh, it's anytime your muscles are strained and you're holding it, that's that's isometric. So a lot um, of yoga it, is that kind of not exactly. No? Okay, no, because it's usually something with weight. Uh, yoga is um, about stretching. Now, if there's an exercise science major out there, they may go, Tara was completely wrong. I'm not an exercise major. <laughs> that's um, not one of the things that you did in your past life. So, yeah. But yeah. what I'm saying is, it's kind of a, I, I shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. It's a lazy form of exercise for me. Right. Yeah. Um, but it's still because, movement, right? It's still like, yeah. Well, when when you reach a certain age, you have to keep muscle. And how do you build muscle? Isometric is a way to build muscle. Lifting weights is a way to build muscle. And and so the isometric holds are kind of a way I work. It's a workaround yeah, for me. Yeah, I see. Now, Pete, I'm not trying to tell you you have to do my workarounds. No, I like your workarounds. They're great. I'm more TV plus a little exercise. I'll try that. Yeah, well, here's the thing. And plus, why don't we set it up as not a pass-fail? for you. Um, a lot of motivational issues come because Pete and Nikki both did this. They set up a pass fail for themselves. Instead of having a growth mindset going, you know what? I showed up today. and I think that's good enough for today. Pete's already going, yeah, but I failed tomorrow. No, but you know and what? I'm a I, I mean, the, thing, the real lesson, yeah, the real lesson to <laughs> yeah, me is big. the character. I went big. <laughs> the character in my head is a super fit Pete who is constantly out hiking and jumping out of airplanes or something with his wife, who is very fit, and like that. I have that image, like what you described of Nikki. Uh, that that rug pull works on me too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is exactly. I I have that guy in my head, and I need to let go of that guy because um, that guy's not who I am. That nice guy, that guy's not who I am. The the guy that I am is somebody who does need to to keep fitness up in toward the in the the back half of my life and doesn't have to be all that showy and jump out of any airplanes to get it done. Right, because what's the value? You want to spend more time with your family. You love them and you want to be present for their lives. That's the big picture, right? By the way, you you get your behind out of bed every morning at six fifteen and walk, and you're trying to tell me you're inconsistent. I what do. Kind of I BS do that every that? day because people kick me out of bed. Like the house gets up. Right. I don't. I don't do. I mean, I, I'm, I'm definitely triggered to get out of bed. <laughs> I, it's like the Jetsons. Like the, the it's practically the bed slides up and I slide out of bed. But you know that is the that what a great point that you just pointed out Tamara. I didn't even know I did because, it. Look at that. Yeah, because you know the the story starts with it's not good enough. It's not enough. But you brought it back to but look at you. You're being so consistent getting up at 6:15 and walking the dog every morning. Like that's and he dismissed huge it back. success. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Doesn't take long. And wow. so and, and here's the thing. This is you guys are modeling what happens and what screws up our motivation. Cuz I'm like Pete, that's very consistent. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't take credit for that. <laughs> that just happened. I you it. did. Yeah. Uh, curses. You were quite the dismisser there. Yeah. So, but that's how that's that's why this motivation stuff's so tough, guys. Do you get like we can't do five easy steps to motivate yourself? And anyone who does that, we need to call BS on this because this is hard work. 
And I'm hoping your listeners got something from like how hard it is to motivate ourselves, but we can do it. Um, just the last little trick, and this is just a little trick. I imagine future Tamara. And um, I think, what would future Tamara want me to be? And by the way, it's because present Tamara is constantly ticked at past Tamara. And she's like, you know what? Dang it. If past Tamara would have done this, I wouldn't have to mess with this. And so I think of future Tamara. How am I going to make her happy? Well, you know what? If she has her clothes laid out tomorrow, when she's the dumbest at 6.15 a.m., she's not going to have to think what to put on her body. So I'm going to help that chick out. I'm going to lay out the clothes. And it motivates me. And by the way, I wrote this in my book too. I will high five my past self. Mm. And I've done <laughs> this. That. I'll turn around and high five the air and go, good job, girl. You did it. I'll also curse out my past self too, but that's less positive. So um, I got tired of doing that. So now I look for, well, what do I want? Do I want the book done? Yeah. So I'm going to show up and write today, even though I feel really crappy. Tamara, this is great. Thank what you for coaching us. Therapy session you just gave us. We thank you so much. <laughs> We've already been talking a bunch about the book, uh, Your Brain's Not Broken, which people should go and pick up at your favorite local bookseller. Uh, and uh, where should people go to learn more about you? You want to? Uh, what's your website? Where do you want to send people? Author website is tamarosier.com. Perfect. T a m a r a. And we'll put all of the links in the show notes. So mostly just swipe up in the notes and and tap. And that will take you right to where you will find Tamara. Thank you so much for hanging out with us and calling us out. You guys are awesome. So (laughs) good. Thank you so much. Well, this has been fantastic. And thank you, everybody, for downloading and listening to this show. Thanks for your time and your attention. Don't forget, if you have something to contribute to the conversation, we're heading over to the Show Talk channel and the Discord server. And you can join us right there by becoming a supporting member at the deluxe level or better. On behalf of Dr. Tamara Rozier and Nikki Kinzer, I'm Pete Wright, and you'll see us right back here next week on Taking Control, the ADHD podcast. Mm-hmm.